0: What's up, everybody? This is Full Draw Friday, number 20. This is going to be part three of the food plot planning series that I've been doing. This will be the last part. I'm actually going to combine what would have been like the part three and four into one last part. We're going to be talking about when and how to plant. I think we'll be able to combine them into one, make for a good episode and a good conclusion to this series. So, Full Draw Friday, number 20. So we're going to be talking about when and how to plant your food plots today. So in the last couple weeks, we've talked about what to plant. And then we talked about where to plant and now the when and how. So first I'm going to get into kind of the when, because I think that's something that a lot of guys have questions on. In different blends, are going to have different times. Some blends are either going to be specifically you want to plant in the fall or spring, but a lot of times you can either plant them one or the other. Obviously, there's pros and cons of both of those. If you have a specific brand, a blend that has to be planted in one or the other, you're pretty limited. <clears throat> Obviously, you can't plant something that needs to be planted in the spring and the fall and have the same result. And Sometimes there are things that can be planted in the spring or the fall, but it depends on what you're looking for like uh, buckwheat, for example, which I'll get into that a little bit later, the deer will only eat it at a certain point. So if you want to use it as a cover crop, then you have to plant it in late spring, before summertime, maybe early summer in some places, if you want to use it for a cover crop. But if you're trying to use it as a food plot seed or a food plot crop, then you can plant it in August, September, and then it'll be a good part of your food plot. So that's just something where It also kind of depends on what your goal is for that specific seed that you're putting in the ground. So again, though, there's pros and cons to planting in the spring or the fall. The spring is going to allow you a better chance to have more potential for rain. Obviously, it's generally wetter in the spring. Some years it's more wet in the fall than it is in the spring. But a lot of times you're going to get more rain in that April-May time period than you are in the August-September, especially like if you take a year like last year. And that's going to allow you to have more forage for the fall, depending on what you're planting. So like with a lot of perennials, clover, chicory, that kind of stuff, and those blends, if you plant those in the spring, they're going to be more mature by the fall for those deer. So you're going to have more forage for them, where they might not eat it down as much as they would have had you planted in in August, September. So that's one advantage to planting stuff in the spring Um, One of the cons of that, though, is if you're in a low area or next to a river like we've planted for a guy, if it comes a big rain, you might flood your food plot out. Let's say you planted something in at the end of March or the beginning of April, it comes a big rain, it rains for like two days like it can sometimes for three days, and you get a big flood and it just washes all your seed out, and then you're left with nothing, you have to go back and do it again. So that's something to keep in mind as well. The biggest thing... That doesn't have to do with moisture, I think, that you run into in the spring is you have to fight the weeds and the grasses. Now, there's different ways to do that. You can spray pre-emergence depending on what you're planting. You have to get the right pre-emergent for the seed that you're planting, though, because if you spray a pre-emergent that, is gonna, that won't allow your whatever you're trying to grow to come up, then obviously you're hurting yourself there. But as long as you can get the right combination, you can do pre-emergence. That'll help with that some, especially if you're going to open the soil up you can do post-emergence, like a Roundup or a 2,4-D. Clethodim, depending on what you're planting again, uh, you can spray those. But a lot of times, especially if you're discing and tilling anything in the springtime, you're going to bring up a lot of new weeds and grasses, and there's going to be some growing back anyway from years past. So that's the biggest thing, I think, to planting in the spring. Um, if you have the ability to no-till, I would definitely recommend doing that if you're planting in the springtime. If you can broadcast and just roll something in or like a clover broadcast it and let the rain take care of the rest of it, that would be a recommendation I would have because you're still going to have some weed and grass issue that way, but it's not going to be as much as if you open up that soil uh, and that seed bed, everything that's been laying there for however many years is going to come up and grow at that point. So then you're going to be fighting that all summer. And there's been times where, you know, we've really fought that until the fall when all that the summer weeds and stuff die. And and there's people that will tell you that having weeds in your food plot is okay or it's even a good thing, and the deer will eat certain weeds. They're not going to eat the grass out of it. They'll eat certain weeds. But in my opinion, I would rather have that space used for whatever food plot seed I'm trying to put out there. So if it's clover or chicory or brassica, either way, I would rather have that space be whatever I'm trying to plant, that way it's there in the fall when those weeds and everything else are gone anyway. Because especially if you're managing your timber correctly, you should have all that stuff available to them in the timber. Uh, If you don't have any timber, look around. There's going to be that stuff on the neighbor's property, even on your property. That stuff is naturally available to them anyway. Obviously, you didn't plant it, so it's going to be in other areas too. So why take up the space that you're trying to plant something with something that they're already getting somewhere else? And that isn't going to be there when all that stuff dies. So then let's say if you have an acre food plot and 10% of its weeds, well, you've just lost 10% of your food plot by the time all that stuff dies in October. And that's 10% more forage that you could have had for them in the fall when you really want it anyway. You guys have heard me talk about that to no end. So that's a big one for me when it comes to cons for planting in the spring, but sometimes you got to do it and it can be done. It's just going to take a little more time, effort, and a little more money a lot of times for the weed control on that, especially if you're doing any kind of tillage work. It also, if you're planting in the spring, it establishes use patterns, early use patterns, which can be good and it can be bad. And again, it kind of depends on your goals. But again, another thing you've heard me say is that when you get does moved in and they find food, they're not going anywhere. So if you're trying to hold bucks, you don't necessarily want to raise the number of does that you're holding year round and taking up those spots where your bucks could be bedding. Because the does are going to bed close to the food and then they'll just bed deeper behind each other from there. And the bucks are going to bed off of that. So if you have your does bedding stretched out, then your bucks bedding is going to be stretched out as well. Maybe you're pushing them off to your neighbors. Maybe you're just out of space and you're not going to have any bucks stand on you. Whereas had you not had those does move in in the summertime, maybe you would have had. It can also be good though if you're in an area where you would say right on the edge of a buck's summer range, and it's also the edge of his fall range, and he does find that food, so it somewhat establishes a use pattern for him. He knows it's there. He's still kind of using that area in the fall. Then there is some benefit to that as well. There's also benefit to, like, let's take Jeff's property, for example, with the dogs and the road, uh, the neighbors. We're never going to hold any mature bucks in there for any period of time. They're just not going to stay in that woods. So we can get away with planting spring, stuff in the spring that'll be there year-round, perennial blends especially, like his, like the big clover plot we got there. And that's going to attract those, and that's fine because the best opportunity we have to shoot a buck out of that woods is going to be during the rut anyway. So we can't, even if we plant all fall blend in that plot, it's not going to make a ton of difference. It might give us a little bit more opportunity if one's moving through there and he happens to find it, so he uses it a little more often but it's still not really going to open our window up. So our biggest attractant to the bucks is going to be the does in that spot. So if we can hold a few more does, maybe that brings a buck in there or more than one buck in there more often to check on those does. And then that's our opportunity to harvest that buck. So there are different situations where having a, having that summer food plot can be beneficial or detrimental. Most of the time I think you don't want it, but again, it depends on the situation and, and your specific property. So there's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to that. Now, onto the fall, obviously, uh, contrary to the spring, it allows for easier weed control because a lot of the weeds that you run into are going to be summer. They're going to grow through the summer, and then they're going to die when the temperatures start to drop in September and October, especially when the frost comes. So if you can wait wait it out and plant in August, early September, then you're going to have your food plot come up, and you're not going to deal with a lot of those weeds. There's still going to be some, potentially, but you're not going to have to deal with them like you would have in the springtime. I think that's one, again, as I say, one of the biggest take- or detractors from planting in the spring is weed control. I think one of the biggest positives to planting in the fall is weed control. It's a lot easier. It's a lot more cost-effective. You don't have to spend as much money on chemical. Obviously, you don't have to spend as much time spraying. That's a big one for the fall for me, just as it is a big... Big one for the spring, a big reason why you may not want to do that. Now, there's still have, even planting in the fall, you're going to have plenty of time for your annuals to grow. So you can plant that stuff even in September. If your season starts in the middle of September, you're going to see some growth in two weeks. But a lot of that stuff is going to grow really well within a month, six weeks of planting. A lot of those annual blends like your brassicas and stuff like that. And even some of your perennials. I know like Nate talks a lot about planting clovers in the fall most of the time. And you can do that as well, and you'll have some growth, and the deer will eat it. It's just not going to be as much from those perennials as it would have been in the springtime. That's now the biggest thing I think that takes away from planting in the fall. And I guess one more pro to that would be you don't have those does moving in like you would if you had that food there in the summertime. So you're only having that food there when the deer are in the most need because everything else is starting to die and everything else is gone your property is going to become way more attractive. If you look out right now and you see those packs of deer and 40 you know, forty deer in a field, that's because that's where the food's at. So I'll have to congregate in that area because that's the best food source available. So if you have the best food source available in October, November, then you're going to have more deer on your property. More bucks are going to come in there and find that. So that's obviously a benefit to planting in the fall as well and not having that stuff out there in the summer. The biggest thing that takes away from planting in the fall or the biggest con, I guess, to planting in the fall is you often don't get as much rain. So timing is more of an issue, especially in the dry areas. Now that may be a positive if you're in one of those low lying areas that's wet or in one of those flood areas where you can go in and plant in the fall and you're still going to have some soil moisture. It's been there all year because it, it just holds it down in those lower areas or you're not having to worry about it flooding. But if you're in an area that dries out fairly quickly or just even... A lot, of, a lot of places you're going to plant a food plot, you have to have that moisture for that seed to not only germinate, but then to continue growing as well. So if that stuff gets down there and it starts to germinate, then it could potentially rot if it dries out after that, or it could have just enough energy to get up through the soil, and then if it doesn't get any rain, timely rain after that, it's going to die as well. So in the fall, you really got to be careful about when you're going to plant that based on, based on the rain. Um, there is a chance, like last year, for example, where it really dries out in the fall, and it doesn't matter really when you plant it. If it's not just a perfect day, then you're not going to have enough rain to sustain that food plot. And you might have to go in there and either plant something even later in the fall and hope it grows like a winter wheat or a rye, or you're just going to be out of food plot for the year. So that's something to take into account as well for the fall. Most blends are going to have like a recommended planting date. But the exact timing, again, is based more on the weather than the calendar. So like I was just saying there with the fall planting, if you've got a good rain coming in early August, and this is kind of what happened at Jeff's, and another friend of mine did this as well, maybe that's when you go in there and plant that food plot, especially if you have everything ready. Even though maybe it's two weeks early than what it says on the bag, maybe you go in there and plant that food plot. A problem you could run into, and we talked to John about this before, when he was on, I believe, episode 41, A lot of times if you're planting brassicas and you do plant them too early, you could run into them maturing before the season even comes and then the deer are on them. And then when the season rolls around and you can hunt it, they're not as attractive to the deer anymore until the roots start to really grow and then they're eating on those in the late winter. So that's something to watch out for. But within a two week window, usually you're going to be okay on that. So you, you want to plant with the weather more than you do the calendar. That, those dates on the bag of whatever blend you're planting are more of a guideline than they are exact days you have to plant. So a lot of times, say for a fall blend, it'll be from August 15th to September 15th. Well, that doesn't mean you can't plant on August 1st or even September 30th. If you haven't got it planted by the middle of August and you're just waiting and then you don't get any rain through that whole month time span, but you have rain coming like the 25th of September, well, then maybe you go in and you plant it a little bit later, closer to that 25th, that way you're going to get to rain. You have to plant it according to the weather because if you don't have the moisture, you're not going to have anything. That's that's something we can't control, so if you can get it in there when you know you got rain coming or at least they're calling for rain and even that's not always perfect, that's going to be your best bet. Don't, don't think just because it says those dates on the bag, that's exactly when you have to plant it. Last year, for example, like I said, It was a lot better to catch that rain early than just to wait till like the 15th of August. We planted a lot of stuff late August, um, even when we were supposed to have rain and we didn't end up getting it, where the stuff that we ended up planting a little early actually did better because it got just enough rain. And really none of the food plots last year were great, but the ones that got in early and we got that little bit of rain did do better. In the springtime, when you're talking about the calendar or the weather, Generally, later in the spring is going to be better, especially the farther north you go. you got to avoid the frost. You don't want to plant something and then have a frost come and kill it. And then the washout as well. So the later in the spring you go, the less likelihood there's going to be that big rain that's going to come and wash out your whole food plot or flood it. So later in the spring is usually better. In the fall, you're definitely going to want to plant with with the rain coming, if you can do that. So now we'll get into how to plant the plots. And this is going to be a little bit quicker because there's just, there's so much nuance to how to plant them depending on what you're planting and where you're planting and how you want to do it and what you're trying to get out of them. But it's going to be different for spring and fall blends and even new or existing plots. So if you have an existing plot, it's generally going to be a lot easier, especially if you're doing clover. Uh, frost seeding is going to be really good for that. Obviously, we're kind of past that point right now, but that's going to be the best way. That's why I talked about that um, on some of the previous Folder Off Fridays. But even if you're just going in to, to seed clover in the springtime, you can do that with the rain in an existing plot. If you have an existing clover plot from last year and you're wanting to plant a fall blend in it this year, that's going to help you with some weed control. It's actually going to act as a somewhat of a fertilizer because it's going to put a lot of nitrogen back into the soil for your, for your fall blends. So existing plots are generally easier on how to plant than your new plots. But this is going to be, we're going to kind of focus more on the new plots here, so Really, the the first big thing you got to do is you got to get your soil right. So do your soil tests, and then make sure your pH is where it needs to be, because if your pH isn't right, you're not going to grow anything anyway, or it's at least not going to reach its full potential. So get your pH where it needs to be. Uh, you can do a full soil test. Whitetail Institute makes a great one, I think. I think it's a little more expensive than some of them, but you can actually select the blend that you're wanting to plant, or even if you're not planting something Whitetail Institute, they have so many different blends that... Just pick something that's close to the blend you're wanting to plant from whatever brand, like Grandpa Ray's, if you're wanting to do that, which is what we do, or our clover and chicory blend. I think White Institute has one, or if you're planting their stuff, it makes it that much easier. So you can go in there and select whatever you're planting, and then they they give you, I mean, foolproof instructions for how to do it. You send it in, and then they send you a document back that tells you exactly how much fertilizer you need to put down per acre to get that to the the where it needs to be for that specific blend so it's going to be the most effective amount of fertilizer you're not wasting money you know what you need exact to the to the pound per acre what you need for that specific blend so I think that's a that's about as easy a soil test as you're going to find you might pay a little more for it but you can check those out that's the first big thing especially on new plots And sometimes if you have a new plot and you're doing something and you can look out there and you see that you've got different weeds growing and like different types of weeds and and you've got some clover already growing in there maybe, you can probably get a decent idea where that pH is at and where your soil is at. It's probably okay. You can usually get away with it maybe the first year. And then even if you plant it the first year and it doesn't turn out like you wanted to, then you have the next year for sure to go in there and do a soil test. Um, I would definitely recommend one the second year anyway, because whatever you plant is going to rob the soil of those nutrients, and then you're going to want to replace those anyway. So, so we'll test the big one, big first step when it comes to planting your plots. Now, the next thing you're going to do is prepare your seedbed, and that entails different things depending, again, on when you're planting, whether it be the spring or the fall, and how you're planting. If you're doing no-till, obviously you can go in there and spray your weeds out, and then your seedbed is pretty much prepared unless it's tall and then you got to go mow it then you're going to want to wait if you do have to mow i always recommend mowing and then giving it you know a couple weeks even and then going in and spraying that way whatever seeds that you essentially broadcast when you mowed from anything that had gone to seed already will start to germinate and then you can spray like a roundup on them or if you want to burn down with a roundup 240 combo then that'll kill that stuff after it germinates and then you won't have to worry about whatever you mowed down coming back up because you didn't wait long enough to spray it it's also going to be more effective on that stuff that's starting to regrow as opposed to when you just mowed it. So if you have to mow, take that in consideration. But if you're no-tilling again, do your spraying, and then you know, you're know you about ready to go as far as your, your seedbed preparation. If you're doing disking and tilling, especially in the springtime, Depending on what you're planning, if you have the ability, the time, you can go in there and spray, get everything ready, then disc it, till it, and then give it again 10 days, 2 weeks. Wait for whatever's going to come up to come up. Spray that again and then go in there and you can disc it or till it again and then plant your food plot. And then you still may have to spray some kind of select herbicide in it that's not going to kill whatever you planted but will kill the weeds or grasses but it's not going to be as bad as if you just disc or tilled it once and then threw your seed down to compete with everything else that you'd brought up to the surface. So that's a big one too if you're doing discing and tilling. Now in the fall, preparing your seed bed a lot of times is going to be spraying once, uh, especially if you're later in the fall. You can spray and kill those weeds. You can go in even if you're discing and tilling. Even if you bring stuff up, it's going to be too late in the year for a lot of that stuff to grow, so you're probably not going to have to wait as long. You, you may not have to disc twice or till twice. Uh, where you would have had to in the spring, kill those weeds, get your soil prepared, and then put down your seed. Spraying, even if you do that, let's say you do disc it twice and you spray, like I said, you still might have to go in there with some kind of select herbicide and spray over top of your plots to kill whatever else comes up because there's so many thousands, millions of seeds that are just laying there um, underneath the surface, that when you do any kind of that tillage work, it's gonna bring them up. So keep that in mind. Now, a lot of the seed blends that you're gonna be planting are gonna be small enough that you don't necessarily have to use a drill or a planter. You can broadcast. If you do your seed bed right, after that point, and rolling is gonna be uh, as effective as anything. There are times if your seed bed is too soft or if it's real fluffy or if you can step out and like your boot sinks quite a bit then you may roll it. If it's not going to do that, maybe you don't. The The big thing is with like a clover, you can get them too deep and you'll see guys run into that. If they till something three inches deep and then they plant their clover and then they roll it in, they've buried a lot of it. Even an inch deep is too much for a clover. So they've buried a lot of it too deep. Another thing is if you do that and then you don't roll it and you throw it out there and a big rain comes and it pounds that seed into the ground again an inch inch and a half then it's never going to make it to the surface it's never going to grow so even in some cases you might disc it or till it and then roll it and then broadcast and then either roll it again or again you can let your rain come in and do the work for you on that side of it most of the seeds that you're going to use for your food plot blends do not need to be an inch deep even the brassica seeds a lot of times three quarters of an inch half an inch is deep enough for those if you get to an inch you're probably getting too deep on that. Now, if you're planting again in the spring, you can do cover crops. So all that stuff is kind of going to get you to the planting point, but there are some other things you can do like the cover crops. If you're planting in the spring, one that we really like to use, I kind of mentioned earlier is buckwheat. So if you're planting your fall blends, but you're getting started in the spring, you can come in, you can spray everything. Get your seed bed where it needs to be. Uh, whether you have to disk or not will determine how thick your weeds and grasses were when you sprayed them. If you can spray it and you have a lot of open soil without doing any tillage work, that's going to be the best case scenario. Then you can go in around the beginning of June, depending on where you're at in the country, and broadcast that buckwheat out. Um, different rates for different kinds of um, different manufacturers will recommend different rates. So you can look that up, broadcast that buckwheat. And then what that's going to do is going to be like uh, when the farmers plant their winter wheat in the fall, and the winter for their, their spring crops that they're going to plant into them, like their beans the next spring. It's just a, a cover crop that's going to help suppress the weeds. It's going to help when you do plant it, keep moisture on your seed bed. And so after that, you'll go in and you, you can broadcast straight into that buckwheat or you can even roll it down and then broadcast. And then you'll spray it to kill it that, If you spray Roundup on it, it's not going to kill your seed because it has to be, it's a contact herbicide, so it has to be growing for it to actually be effective. So then you can go in, you spray your buckwheat, and it's just like, I tell everybody, it's just like throwing straw in your yard. It holds some moisture down. It creates good soil contact because at the bottom of that buckwheat, there's a lot of open soil, even though at the top of it, it's real leafy and it shades out the bottom, which is what keeps those weeds out. But it's pretty, the stems at the bottom of it are pretty, it's pretty open down there. So You'll have a lot of open soil. You get good seed to soil contact and then laying that buckwheat down and spraying it, it's going to help help contain that seed down there and it's going to keep the moisture down for it and it's going to be a really good seed bet for that stuff. So that's just another option you have if you're wanting to plant a fall blend, but you're wanting to start in the spring, especially on new plots, that's really good. And it's also going to add some organic material to the soil, which is always a positive as well. So that's all I had for this week as far as that goes. That's going to be the end of the food plot planning series. If you guys have any questions on any of that, feel free to reach out to us. Of course, we do consulting work, too, so you can reach out to us for that on the RidgeHunterOutdoors.com website. Um, while I'm on that, anything you find on there you want, use the discount code FULLDRAW. It's no spaces, all caps, and you'll get 10% off anything on the website. But we can help you guys out. And if it's just some simple question, feel free to send it to us either through there, like our email, ridgehunteroutdoors at gmail.com. You can send it to us on our Facebook page or through Instagram, whatever it is. Um, leave a comment on YouTube if you're listening to this on YouTube. With any questions you might have on, on your food plots or, or really anything hunting related. But if you have, you know, if anything that we talked about or that I talked about in the last three weeks on here, you have questions about, feel free to reach out and I'd be happy to answer them for you or find out. Even if I don't know them, I'll find out. I'll get an answer from somebody who does know. We got a lot of good resources here. So we can surely help you out with whatever you're wanting to know. But again, I appreciate you guys tuning in the last few weeks on this series. Hopefully it'll help you have more successful food plots this year. That's what we want. It benefits you guys as hunters. It benefits the deer herd and it's fun to do too. I, have, I really enjoy the food plot planting, putting stuff in the ground and having it grow. And then benefit the deer and seeing those deer. It's, it's really rewarding when you start having deer file into it uh, when you're in the stand. And then even more rewarding when you take that, that nice mature buck in the food plot that you put all that time and money into. So, again, appreciate you guys tuning in. Hopefully it helps. If you guys don't have ground that you, that you can do this stuff on and you're looking for some, or if you have some ground that you're wanting to sell, you need to talk to Rodney Hawkins. And We actually had him in here last night. And that episode will come out, not this Monday, but the next Monday, and you'll get to hear him talk about what he does. Um, He grew up hunting and fishing in Southern Illinois, and now he's putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. if you haven't heard of them, they're not your average real estate company. Last year, in 2022, they sold over $85 million worth of ground. With agents like Rodney all over Illinois, they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them, you can call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. And that's whether you're looking for ground to buy so you can manage it yourself or you got some that you're trying to get rid of. Um, I know he's got a ton of buyers out there, so he'll get you hooked up with somebody and get you taken care of. He's also started a new company called RG Outdoors, and they're currently carrying hard and soft-sided blinds. And blind chairs all from Radix blinds, in addition to an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust, which you can get more info on at camodust.com. We've actually got some of that to try now. He was nice enough to bring some in for us to give a shot. Uh, we'll tell you about that stuff, how it works for us, and and whether we, you know, how we like it and all that. As for the blinds, Nate actually spent a lot of time in one of the soft-sided Radix blinds this season, and he was more than happy with how it worked out for him. They've also now got, I believe it's Berna like a, it's a self-defense pistol non-lethal that shoots several or like three different types of of rounds out of it from a plastic ball to a pepper ball and then there was another one even um it's just a non-lethal self-defense weapon it was really nice he brought it in and showed it to us last night you can check that out he'll have it up on his Facebook page and then he's also got tacticam cameras as well so he's a dealer of those if you're looking for some of those you can Uh, call him for those as well. And if you're interested in any of that stuff, again, his number is 618-925-3153. They also have a Facebook page for RG Outdoors, and that's just RG Outdoors. And they have an email account, rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. So check them out for any of that stuff. Guys, make sure you tell them that we sent you two. That'll help us out, help support. If you want to support us in any other way, again, don't forget our website, ridgehunteroutdoors.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, like and comment on any of the videos, and then follow us on Spotify as well. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys that are keep listening every week, and we'll have another one for you next week.